in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now it is 12.06, 12.06, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Good afternoon to everybody tuned in right now on Facebook Live. This is the noon report, and this is a big one. So if you're watching on Facebook, you want to share it behind me, you see the Den of Thieves. And it's a big day because the countdown to the election is truly on now when we're now under a week this portion of the program is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Folks, you know, he is so terrific. And you know what we say, when your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I speak from experience. <clears throat> Late last week, over the weekend, I noticed every time we were using our clothes dryer in the independent home, there was a loud noise coming from it. So what did I do? Did I try to fix it? No, you know, God gave Juan certain gifts. That is not one of them. Did I say, you know what, I'm just going to get a new... No, no, it's fine. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Group here. I called them 401-710-7096. So Tom came out on Monday... And listen, I'm not offended on it. You know, he has certain skills. I have certain skills. I'm, I'm going to say he fixed it in about 15 minutes. It's a GE dryer. Ball bearings need to be replaced. Now it's, you know, exactly running the way it should. So, folks, now you have an appliance. Maybe there's something wrong with your refrigerator. Maybe there's something wrong with your washing machine or dryer called Ryan's Appliance Repair. 401-710-7096. Ryan, he and his crew, I'll tell you, Tom is terrific. Sometimes Ryan comes out or he said, Juan, I'm going to send Tom, and they fixed it. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Maybe it's a microwave. Maybe it's your garbage disposal. But I know one thing, whether it's washer, dryer, dishwasher, refrigerator, you pay a lot of money for that. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Well, folks, good afternoon on this delightful Wednesday. My God, goodness, God is good. This is, my dad would call it a, a bonus day here. As you heard the weather forecast, it's going to be a beautiful afternoon. I want to encourage you. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't like what I'm seeing on the landscape right now, the media landscape. Because I, I, I think a good example, people hear about media bias Right? People talk about media bias and people will talk about, you know, MSNBC or the New York Times, Washington Post. There's a very good example, I believe, of local media bias. And it's playing out right in front of you for those that want to take the time and read it. It's exclusive. Uh, no one else has this yet, which is very telling to me. You know, um, someone already sent me a message and said, you know, it's about time that someone exposed this since it's like the, this person who works at the state house said it's the worst kept secret in Rhode Island. And they just don't, they wonder why no one goes after it. But check it out on the website, dipetro.com, brought to you by the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. I'm going to log on. Now, I have two stories up, and we just, um, you know, published them just a short time ago. And at first glance, someone would say, why is Juan writing about Central Falls? Why would he think that we want to hear about Central Falls? What would be the attraction of Central Falls? Well, there's two stories, the code of ethics in Central Falls. But then you see lack of disclosure from Central Falls city solicitor is the headline regarding the lieutenant governor. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole story. You can read it. What I find, and I, listen, I like some of the folks at the public's radio. I've attended two of their debates. I have no bone to pick with them. But look at what's going on right now. The big story that 
that is really rocketed that people are talking about. And I'm going to get to it. But it's this, and Dan McGowan mentioned it last hour, this Ashley Kayla story. Hey, Ashley, which I hear the cackles now copying our whole thing on that. Um, the Ashley Kayla story where she's had some run-ins and had a run-in with a um, contractor and, and some of the language was used. Okay, Ashley Kalis is the Republican candidate for governor. The, the elements there, they're looking into her, business practices, pattern of behavior, how you treat people. I think those are all fair. I Absolutely fair game. Hey, you're the one running Republican candidate to be the governor. I think that is all fair game. However, you know, and I, I'm, I'm going to touch on the DePetro.com story in just a moment, but at the same token, Excuse me, folks. At the same token, how many people that you talk to have some kind of a contracting story where, you know, they were dealing and I mean, it's always in the news. There's people reaching out to me that and I refer them that you got to contact the Better Business Bureau. You got to contact the attorney general's office. Um, So I don't know exactly what what happened, went down with that. I'll say this. If Ashley Kalis is going to go to the state house as the governor, and I'll say I still think there is a path. It's it's not easy. She needs a, a debate for the ages tomorrow night on Channel Ten. She she needs to knock it out of the park. So it's possible. I think she also has a good get out the vote. So she's still viable. She has earned my vote, and I'll tell you why. If you're going to go up to and those on Facebook see the den of thieves behind me, you know what? If she upsets them. Upsets the apple cart, breaks it. You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. You're not going to hear any complaining from me. Right now, this race couldn't be more. You couldn't have two candidates, in my opinion, that that are more different than Dan McKee and Ashley Kalis. He, what did Tom McCarthy say? No spine. Said Governor McKee can't make a decision. Spineless. Tom McCarthy, the work to Department of Health, described him as one of those blow-up figures you see outside like a car dealership. You have someone, Governor McKee, who folds to the unions and the special interests on every turn and at, at our expense, right? At our expense. Dan McKee does not serve the taxpayers. Dan McKee serves Dan McKee and those that are in his circle. Nothing to do about the mother. Seems very charming. Nothing to do with his daughter. Seems very talented. He seems to have a lovely family. However, if someone's saying to me, do you want someone going up to that state house who's going to butt heads with the General Assembly, who's going to butt heads with a lot of the lobbyists up there and the special interest and the unions that suck the life out of this place and kill this place, I say, bring it on. That's the type of person we need. You know, President Trump thought he was going into the swamp. Folks, Rhode Island, the State House, the criminal behavior going on that Dan McKee doesn't even acknowledge. He doesn't even care about the General Assembly and meeting with members of, quote, organized crime. Even though I believe there are some people spared there <coughs> that are far more in business and trying to get inside information and how their their uh, legislative stuff is working. But I it shouldn't be lost on you at 12.14 on this Wednesday. So the Boston Globe and I, Brian Amaral is a good reporter and they're diving into it. This comes from, this stuff is fed to the media. It is. It's fed to the media and there's nothing new on this. Right? Someone had this. Someone, if, if you were you know, um, had some kind of a grudge with someone, and then they were suddenly in the public spotlight. This is get even time. So you have a combination of a campaign operative that finds out this information, and then the media goes with it, and they verified it. I have no problem with the story. I don't. I, I don't know about the other one that they published that seemed to be some woman made some accusations. There was no police report. It, it just, I don't know what to make of that. Then the McKee people run with it. Um, the McKee people also put out a statement today saying Ashley Kalis was mocking Governor McKee's mother. That's not true. But my, my thing with the media is, okay, if we want to, if you want to, and hear me out at 1215, if the local media wants to investigate a female candidate who's running for high office in Rhode Island, my 
my position is, then you investigate everybody. But look at what's happening. You know, and you can read the Petro.com, the public's radio. I like Ian Donis. I've known Ian a long time. I think he's a good reporter. Um, I like him. He does good work. I read his stuff. And that's when I discovered that he has this thing, the take of the week. And again, you can read it on the website. The weekly view from a mix of Rhode Islanders. And one of the people that he included was the city solicitor of Central Falls, Matt Jerzyk. Okay, so that's interesting. Now, he had someone else, their state rep, David Morales, who's actually a socialist. Courtney Nicolotto, I don't know who that is. I think he had Walsh in there somewhere. But as I was reading the Matt Jersick thing, the city solicitor Central Falls, he starts praising certain elected officials. And you can read it. I, I just, we used like a highlighter. And one of the people he praised was the lieutenant governor. So I'm reading it. And I'm looking for the disclosure. Where's the disclosure? You're the city solicitor, Central Falls. You're praising the lieutenant governor, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. Where's the disclosure from the, the city solicitor, Central Falls? There is no disclosure. And that's what, you know, the Channel 12 story that they released last week, Tim White, right? What's going on at the State House? Blah, blah, blah. That. I think what that really exposed is there's no room for government. I don't think there should be room in government. I don't think voters want that. Where there are secret deals or secret arrangements or business deals. The the problem that, and I've heard nothing but good things about that, the guy that resigned, John Conti, from the State House. I've heard nothing good things, nothing but good things about him, I should say. But what seemed to do him in was supposedly he was had a hidden interest in this cannabis business. And I'm sure if the reason it was hidden was because if the people that he worked for after Mattiello, if they had known about it, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet they would have had a problem with it. So it's one thing I think that people can um, deal with. Then it's up to the voters to disclose if there's some kind of either a relationship that's there that they're not disclosing or some kind of a business arrangement. And I, I think that's the part. It was just what caught me was the brazenness of it. So are we all supposed to pretend and look the other way? And then and if, if we are, if we're supposed to look the other way, why is that? Why do we have to look the other way? Why do we have to look the way the other way and pretend that we don't see and know that there is obviously was some kind of relationship between the lieutenant governor and the city solicitor Central Falls. So that begs the question, he's a lobbyist. Does, is he involved? If you're a lieutenant governor who could be the governor, I would imagine you're dealing with all the cities and towns. Does he do business with the lieutenant governor, is that disclosed? If you're the lieutenant governor, I, I would stand to reason that you may want the city solicitor at Central Falls and the city to do well, right? So, again, I, I, I think I believe that there's an obligation to disclose this. What, what is really rich here is, as I've learned more about Central Falls, is the Central Falls Code of Ethics. And the Central Falls Code of Ethics Handbook was published by City Solicitor Matt Jerzyk. <laughs> so is he supposed to investigate himself? And what are the, you know, you, you got to see it on the website. Are there any exceptions for lobbyist disclosure? Oh, he's, he's supposed to be disclosing. He's a lobbyist and he's the city solicitor. What are the penalties for failing to disclose? Gee, I don't know. I guess he's investigating himself. Who enforces the code of ethics? I like this line. This is all on the website. It's all on the centralfallsri.gov, but it's also on petro.com. Who enforces the code of ethics? The city ethics integrity officer. Okay. Who's the ethics city ethics integrity officer? I'll bite. The city solicitor executes the role of city ethics integrity officer. So in other words, who enforces the code of ethics? Matt Jerzyk. 
lobby disclosure, what is a lobbyist, properly disclosed, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I mean, it. You, you can't get more inside than that. So now my point is, and then I'm going to talk about this with Ashley Kalis and Dan McKay. But my point is, with the media, I mean, uh, uh, how is he allowed to comment on public events and public officials, for that matter? He's the one that wanted into it. He's the one that did it. He's the one. And the title of it is lack of disclosure from Central Falls City Solicitor. I mean, is that the point we're at where he can be commenting and praising someone I believe, and I believe we're on very firm ground, as I bounce this off several other people that certainly have um, more of even a background in this than I do, who said absolutely it should have been full disclosure. You have one or two choices. Either you don't participate, you didn't have to participate, or it should be accompanied by full disclosure, we share a child, or what have you, whatever it may be. But just when when does this end? And it is a little, how come, boy, the media is gung-ho to go after Ashley Kalis. They are, and she's fair game, and her, uh, her record of treating people and how she conducts herself, and she, she has, you know, the, the, I, I agree with all that, but my thing is, hey, if you're going to do it for the governor's race, I just don't understand why local media would turn a blind eye with the lieutenant governor's race. You know, Channel 12, their piece last Thursday and Friday, one of the things about it, other than it was put together very well by Tim White, the investigators, one of the other things that I like about it is that it it shows that, you know, if they're not afraid, maybe afraid's not the right word, but if they're willing to... Uh, do an expose, investigative report on someone in the speaker's office. It just sends, you know, what I really like about that is it sends a message that they're not afraid to go after the highest levels of power. So I think that was important. So now, you know, this certainly begs the question. Uh, it, it's, it's a little bit of the chicken of the egg, right? Should should Rhode Island NPR, whatever you want to call them, public radio, should they be asking someone to disclose potential conflict or are we going to deal with the honor system? It sounds like the honor system. You know, there was an incident um, a couple of years ago and I like Jim Hummel and I've been friends with Hummel for over 20 years, but I, I got on him and I know he didn't like it, but, you know, he's the host of Live Experiment and he has on Bill Lynch on the panel, the former embattled chairman of the Democrat Party. And Lynch is teeing off about this. Um, it was the Shana, Shana Lawton mailer that then, you know, ended up in a trial and so forth. And, and the thing about it that I, I couldn't believe and I got upset with Hummel was, was at no point. Was it disclosed on Lively Experiment that that Bill Lynch was the attorney for Leo Skenyon, who was Mattiello's chief of staff? And the only reason, folks, I mention that is is because you're talking about it's you're you're treating the viewers like they're idiots. If he said, "Hey, you know, full disclosure, I am representing Leo Skenyon, or I've represented him." with the state police and blah, okay. And then what he says, you know, you can then make your own decision. But I just have this problem of right now, they are really going after Ashley Kalis. And the media and the the McKee people are setting up kind of a feeding frenzy to go after her. That boy, there's a lot there. Who's gonna have the next story on her? But I'm going to repeat what I said. You know, there it is. Ashley Kalis had sent her dispute with Illinois contractor. I'm going to go back to what I said. I, I have I have no problem with the, the journalism on this one. I thought the other story was a, a little weak. I think it was in the journal about a pregnant woman in a doorway or something like that. Um, it seemed like a non-story, actually. But 
But it, I, I'm going to repeat what I said at the risk of <clears throat> sounding like a broken record. Okay, that that's totally fine. But like, then how about her? she's not the only female running for office? Now I'm going to talk about this Kayla story because it is a story, and then I think the voters are going to obviously have the last word on this, folks. This portion of the John DePietro show on this Wednesday, November second, and it's brought to you by. At Med Urgent Care. Folks, call At Med Urgent Care. Remember, not call, but when you have an emergency, this is where you want to go. At Med Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. If you want to go to an emergency room and you want to wait several hours, that's entirely up to you. I'm telling you, they'll see you in under an hour. They have the doctors. They have the nurses. Now, in Johnston... They're right at the Atwood Medical Center, the north entrance, at Med Urgent Care. In East Greenwich, they're right across from Felicia's, at Med Urgent Care, right in the Harbor One Bank Building Complex. Urgent care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care. You know, and I've I've, um, mentioned to people, when people think of an emergency room, before you go to one, To me, people think of when you would watch the show MASH or ER and you see them bringing someone in and and everything stops and they're rushing the patient, right? And they're working on them in the hallway. and, and, And then you go to an emergency room and it's so transactional, fill out the form, wait to be called, blah, 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 might be four hours, might be seven hours. At Atmed Urgent Care, it's not like that. Atmed Urgent Care is more like a mash operation. They are so quick. When I've gone and I've had to in an emergency situation, <clears throat> when Juan needed urgent care, uh, they were treating me before I was even finished filling out the paperwork. Folks, Atmed Urgent Care, I'm sending you where I've gone. Immunization, school sports, physicals, cost-efficient health care alternative to a hospital-based emergency. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, and they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. Look for them online. It's at Med Urgent Care. Folks, good afternoon at 1228. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Ashley Kalis at Center of Dispute with Illinois Contractor. I, 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 don't, I don't know about that. I mean, it sounds like it was settled. Chicago area general contractor says Ashley Kalis ridiculed and threatened him amid a billing dispute over work he was doing for her four years ago. Okay, the McKee people say that that this is very relevant to what's going on. As a matter of fact, I just want to read what the McKee people are saying, which is uh, they keep using the word that it's disqualifying for her. Now, the good news is this really sets up, I mean, this really sets up that the final debate on Channel 10 tomorrow night, that this really sets up that this could be one for the ages. But it also puts a lot of pressure on Ashley Kalis. You know, a question is, <clears throat> and I think it's a fair, when, when she's conducting business, does she go over the top? Is it justified? Um, we're we're going to talk to Ashley at the end of the week. I'm looking some things on Twitter. Ian Donna says Rhode Island's most famous politician dropped innumerable F-bombs in his day, to say the least. Let's see. GOP general office candidates, some struggle to compete with minimal fundraising. Keep an eye on this race. I agree. I think the race to watch is the lieutenant governor's race. Democrat Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos has been outspent by Aaron Gukian. He spent 124000 September 14th, Matos 38000 He still has 63000 She has 17000 That is one to watch. But I want to um, go back to... The McKee people put out a statement about Ashley Kalis. And they are continuing this narrative of which, and and Governor McKee, all he he uses is disgraceful, vile, 
Ashley, here's the McKee statement. Ashley K is vile, erotic conduct. It is embarrassment to the state of Rhode Island. If this is how they think people should conduct themselves, it's understandable everywhere she goes. Um, this is the same guy who attacked a member of the media, called a press conference to yell at him. And that was the reporter Tom Mooney from the Providence Journal. This is Governor McKee who hung up on Helena folks. This is Governor McKee who was yelling at people who've been running the debate. So as far as erratic content, Governor McKee says it's abhorrent, proudly stands by homophobic, classist, sexist rhetoric. Rhode Island is, I like to expect the governor to bring people together. Has Governor McKee brought us together? He is totally a governor for the insiders. He writes, actually, Kayla style is to tear people down. If she's going to tear down the insider network, I am all for it, folks. Governor McKee writes, Ashley Kalis knows no floor and goes to greater lengths to disqualify herself every day, said Brexton Isaiah, campaign manager for Governor McKee. I'd say she should be ashamed of herself, but it's clear she has no shame. Look at what we've learned in one week. Imagine what we don't know. So they're trying to feed the media to investigate Ashley. And I, I, I disagree. She wasn't taking shots at the governor's mother. But this Boston Globe story, so the contractor submitted evidence of the insults and threats to court. Review, the Boston Globe reviewed text messages. She called them a, <clears throat> let's see, I want to wussy, but using the P word. And rhymes with which, a bottom, a pathetic loser in Mr. Mom. Kalis's campaign did not deny that the messages from, were from her. Matt Hanrahan, I know Matt, who I like, said, well, we know she's a fighter. Rhode Island is a strong, not me. Hey, Ashley, sounds like you are from around here. Hey, Ashley, hickory dickory duck. They deserve a governor as tough as they are. Chicago is a rough and hard city. You know, if she's going to do this with the speaker and with the Senate president, is there anyone that has a problem with it? What, what I find ironic about this story is the fact that the problem we face right now with Governor McKee is no backbone. No backbone. So, and Kalis is standing strong. She's not apologizing. Her campaign didn't apologize last night. Um, I think, I, I, you know, I understand there's older voters that might have a problem with it. I also think, uh, I, we don't know what was going on. I mean, what I what I heard from the campaign was because she also mentions the way he would be pulling up his pants. And she had uh, I read the full statement that they put out in the story that she had female staff and they were uncomfortable with it. Um, uh, Now, you know, we're reaching this is what people have to have to decide. Now, I'll say this about the Kalis campaign. She came out. What was the first commercial? She's in the boxing ring. Why does she talk about the fighter? I also want to clarify for people that at, at 12.35, I know um, when you hear people, a lot of politicians say we're fighting for the people of Rhode Island. But a fair question is what do they exactly mean about that? Like, What are they fighting for? I, I think I can give some explanation of it. Right now, we don't have anyone fighting for us. There's no one fighting for the business community. The General Assembly, it's all money pumping in. It's an insider club. The money just goes to the union members, and then they crank it out to the state payroll is too big. There's too many people that work for the state. We are way too government heavy. There's far too many people. The state workforce should be cut. 
somewhere between 10% to 20%. The Rhode Island State House should be cut by 30%. We don't have anyone advocating on behalf of business or the taxpayers. And as I have mentioned, a good example, a good example, hey, Ashley, a good example is Governor Kalis would not tolerate, would not tolerate. Governor McKee, how, how do you say I didn't see the report? There's criminal activity happening literally in the parking lot at the State House, and he doesn't want to see it. Suddenly, he's Sergeant Schultz. There's a lot of things. Those that remember when Governor Kachiri was in office, there are battles. There are battles that come up that people are even unaware of. Do you understand Governor McKee signed a new contract for the Providence teachers because they took over the schools? The teachers weren't even showing up for open house night to be with the parents. They wouldn't say five minutes after school. How about a Warwick, even when they got a contract and the teachers, they didn't like the contract. So then they went to work the rule. We have a contract, but we don't like it. So no letters for seniors and no extra after school. This is insanity. There's no one advocating. And when Governor McKee and Sabina Matos, when she, they marched against a private company Here's what, and the big fat pig blown up behind them. Why are you getting involved, private enterprise? Governor McKee is telling a private company that they should be, where is it his business to be telling a company what they should be paying their employees? Are they following all regulations? Apparently, yes. Are they running legal business? Yes. Are they paying the taxes? Yes, yes, yes. You stay out of it. We want these teamsters to get raises. That is none of your dealing. That John Conti, that John Conti at the State House, the guy was pulling 136,000. 136,000 for a part-time job. How come no one talks about that? They're not in session in the summertime. They're not in session in the fall. That's a job that's January to June. Oh, no, he works hard. As opposed to what? He should be working hard. 136K for a part-time job. Insanity. No, there is a need for a fighter, right? There is someone to say, no, no, no. We're going to put the soccer stadium. That's the private developer that's building that. We're not building that. And by the way, folks, I want to be very clear at 1238. Governor McKee has gotten into this habit where he wants to do all these ribbon cuttings, everything. None of these projects are ready to go. If you go to the soccer stadium in Pawtucket, there's nothing there. They don't even have the investors yet. They don't even have a team yet. Ashley Kalish should say, we're walking away from that deal. Forget it. Null and void. No, we're not doing that. 60, and 60 million is the start, starting number. Could go to 100 million. Superman building, sabotoning the laborers. Yeah, we want to build a $220 million building. Yeah, guess what? I want to be an astronaut. That's uh, Junior Soprano said that time. They went to Junior Soprano when they had him in custody and said, we'd like you to testify against your nephew, Tony Soprano. And what did Junior Soprano say? Yeah, and I want to blank Angie, Angie Dickinson. <laughs> Let's see which one of us is successful. Like, what, what is this? Sabatoni, see, we want to build a $150 million soccer stadium. That, get, and I want to fly to, the, to Mars. Let's see who gets there first. Like, what are you talking about? All these demands. And McKee, I can do that. I can do that. Providence teachers, we don't want a new contract. We want our current contract plus 3,000. Governor McKee is Kramer in the episode of Seinfeld when he gets burned in the coffee. And then he goes with the lawyer. And before they walk in, they say, all right, we're going to start at 50,000. At least we'll start at 50,000, and then we'll see how high they, they're really going to take this. So they walk into the meeting, and the coffee company says, we want to offer you free latte whenever you want it. And then he's about to say, in 50,000. But they were going to start at 50. And, and what is Kramer say? I'll take it. <laughs> That's Governor McKee. Right? That's He's like, he's jumping in. Okay. We want a $150 million soccer stadium done. 
Oh, and we want a $220 million Superman building. I'll do it. Uh, and we want to build uh, half billion in schools. I'll take it. You got a deal. I mean, it's he's the worst negotiator in the world. Ugh. Tomorrow night. I, and what I like about tomorrow night. Let me say this about Gene Velicenti of Channel 10. I think, my opinion, I like the guys at Channel 12. They put a lot into the debates. It's not easy. But what I like about Gene's style, I think it was best illustrated the Channel 10 gubernatorial primary debate. Here's the topic and then let them hash it out. Here's the topic and let them hash it out. You know, I... um. And not everybody understands, but campaigns are fluid. If you stick to this was my, my problem with, and, and I get it, that I'm not trying to be hard on Bill that, that did the radio debate. I'm not. But to me, you know, the debate should reflect what's going on in real time. And there has to be kind of like the elephant in the room. Now, right now, the big story is this. It is this stuff. Number one, Ashley Kalis, think of this, folks. She's spending $4.7 million, and she's not even done yet on her, of her own money on the campaign. So, boy, she has stepped up big time. I thought it would have been big if she spent $1 million. She's on her way to $5 million. That is somebody who was like Eye of the Tiger. But when, when you had the Trump-Hillary debate, what was the big story leading up to the debate? It, it, and it was the second debate when they were could move around, and it, it had to do with the Access Hollywood tape, right? Locker room talk. So, so out of the box, like let's address that. So instead of you don't just go into something that's already been at this point, Governor McKee has all his toll answers worked out. He does at this point. Ashley Kalis has all her soccer stadium answers. But, but that, that's not where we are right now, right? So I just had put this out. I mean, the, the fact that there was no discussion on that channel, that channel 12 story, come on. I'll tell you, it rocketed around the state house. Uh, remember the, you know, that, that was someone giving inside information. Something else, we still don't have test scores. We got an indication of where the test scores are, but Governor McKee basically, it, he feels like he has skated on that. The scores are not coming out till after the election. <clears throat> Aaron Gukian had Gukian has accused Sabina Metos of missing meetings. I haven't heard Governor McKee weigh in on that. Is that accurate? She's calling him a liar. He's got the, the minutes from the meetings. This business of the homeless pallets at the state house. I've, I've had it. Like, what is this? Why is that allowed? Okay. There were some Trump supporters that want to camp out and set up a tent at the state house. What are the odds that Capitol Police and the state police would allow some Trump supporters to erect a tent? That No, they would start, no, you can't be here. Then why is the homeless pallet allowed? There are charges in that 610 connector. Now, granted, it's a fine, but I haven't really heard Governor McKee comment on that. Um, and the other thing is... I, I think for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I find that I don't understand why crime has not been an issue in this campaign. Because it's a huge issue, as I mentioned in the first hour, in, in, in the country and with voters. And that now Ashley Kalis is running the campaign that Ashley Kalis wants to run. But is there anyone that believes that Providence has improved under Governor McKee? And, and Providence really hit rock bottom under City Council President, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, who was City Council President. Now, granted, Alors is the mayor, but there's other people. She could have done other things. She supported defunding the police. She did. That has not been brought out. Right now, at 1245 on this Wednesday, how many people that you know tell you they used to go to Providence, they don't go there anymore because it's not safe. Have you ever heard Governor McKee say or do anything 
about the violence and crime in the capital city? No, nothing. Zero. Nope. Have either one of them, McKee Matos, talked about those ATVs? Matos was the head of the city council as all that stuff was going on. The two of them marched in that big Black Lives Matter protest. They did. They were very active. They weren't shy. They were very active. Never heard anything about that. I believe, look at Providence Place Mall on the verge of closing a ghost town. Look how Bank Rhode Island is bailing out of that Turk's Head building. People don't want to be in downtown Providence. And crime is a major issue. Everyone you talk to, when I do the live stream, people are like, be careful out there. And the amount of shootings and so forth. Again, I recognize that there is a mayor, but she was the head of the city council in Providence. And I just think the McKean Matos have skated on the whole thing. The fact that look at Garden City, look at you know, North Providence even. Look at Main Street East Greenwich. People are moving. People are, are going other places to shop, to dine. They don't feel safe in downtown Providence. And they can talk about all this. Now Now people are going to live luxury apartments in the Superman building that we have to pay for. Folks, I think it's ridiculous. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show. Well, I want you to feel more confident. And control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments, financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Platinum Financial Service Advisor free consultation. Tom Bryan, Bryan Associates. Call them 401 401- 434-1510. Located 400 Massoyed Avenue in East Providence, right off of 195, 401-434-1510. How can you feel more confident, control of your financial life? Sit down with Tom Bryan. At Ameriprise, your advisor works with you, personalized, goal-based financial advice. Everyone's financial situation and goals are different. Sit down with Tom Bryan, regularly schedule meetings, help track your progress. This is the path to be on, 401-434-1510. Call, set up a free free consultation. Tom Bryan, Bryan Associates, Ameriprise Platinum Financial Services, 401-434-1510. Folks, good afternoon. At 1249, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, we have a lot more sound. I think it is um, comical uh, that Hillary Clinton and the vice president are going to appear in New York with the governor of New York. That candidate who's running to be governor of New York, the Republican, he is running very, very close. Folks, as I have mentioned the country right now is, we are really looking at a potential. This is not a red wave. This is a red tidal wave. A re, this is truly all the races. And Senate, the Senate is now in play. The Senate could go either way. Next Tuesday night, the Republicans, they're going to take control of the House. That's where I also believe that the Democrat Party is disingenuous when they talk about, you know, they act as if 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 Seth Magaziner is elected to Congress, he's going to prevent Kevin McCarthy becoming speaker. It's very clear. That is disingenuous to frame it that way. They're talking 25 to 30 seat pickup. They're gaining ground all over the place. The Fung campaign has gotten a lot of attention. But this is a matter of whether Rhode Island is either going to have someone on the inside of this or the outside looking in. If Seth Magaziner wins that race and beats Alan Fung, we are on the outside again looking in. 
We are not going to have anyone in the room. We need, and, and I think Mayor Fung illustrates this pretty well. We need balance. We don't have any balance. They all just go along. Nothing that they have tried has worked. They tried J6. That didn't work. They tried abortion. That has not worked. That's now down to the states. They tried climate. (laughs) That's not working. You know what people don't like? How much money they spend when they go to Stop and Shop every week, when they go to Dave's every week, when they go to fill up their tank. That's what people don't like. That's what's deciding the election. People don't like the crime, the uptick in crime. Those are the things that are being on the ballot. Let Biden give that speech tonight. I think that that democracy is on the ballot. That's what they have Obama out there trying to say. That democracy is on the ballot. Democracy is not. That that is, first of all, enough people have, in fact, um, have already voted. So uh, this business that somehow. You know, that that's going to change everything. Is there there anyone right now that feels democracy is alive and well in our area of the country, in Rhode Island, with what Cicilline, um, with what Cicilline gets away with, with what Alorza gets away with? Dan McKee, the only reason he is the Democrat nominee is because the union people put mail ballots in more than more than Helena folks did. Helena folks beat Governor McKee on primary day. Now, I also think it's interesting. Someone said a good message that maybe Ashley Kalis played it down a little bit because she doesn't want Governor McKee to cancel out tomorrow night. I think right now, you know, there was talk. There were people telling me, watch, he may blow off the final debate. He told her he'd give her three debates. They share, they already have three debates. And then they would maybe come down with COVID. I think he's in the mindset that he he's like going to teach her a lesson tomorrow night. And I think that's, he's not a great debater. And he comes off, the governor goes into high gear pretty quickly. So this debate tomorrow night on Channel 10 with Ashley Kalis and Governor McKee. I mean, this this has all the makings of this could really be one for the ages. It could really be one for the ages as far as if Kalis, if Ashley Kalis can do well in this and come out of this thing cruising with a head of steam, the race is close. I agree. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, we had him on earlier, said he, he believes it's single digits. I, I think that's accurate. I think a lot of people are disgusted. I still think there's a number of things being left on the table that, that the Kalis people, I believe, are just not exploiting. But she's running the race that she wants to run. I really like, as I said, I like her new commercial. I played it yesterday. I'll probably play it next hour. I think it's her best one where it's Governor McKee talking about change. And she says, you know, he had his shot. And you can't argue with that, as a matter of fact. I, I, my position on this is I, I, I see where we're going under Governor McKee. And it is just a free-for-all for the public sector unions, for the special interest. The Insiders Club at the State House. just, they are running the show. So how would I feel if we had a Governor Kalis who is butting heads up on Smith Hill? I I think it would be better than the situation we have. Dan McKee has written a lot of expensive IOUs. Governor Kalis could pull the plug on that soccer stadium. We're not paying for it. They can do it, but we're not paying for it. Governor Kalis could pull the plug on the Superman building. Let the developer do it. Governor Kalis could rip down those truck tolls. Governor Kalis could say, no more of this bonuses for state workers and judges. You know what you have with McKee. You know what you have with McKee. Would you say right now, you are better off than you were 
two years ago? Are you better off than you were four years ago? <clears throat> Governor McKee, this whole business of the, the shots, shots and arms, I'm so sick of hearing that. Emily Oster at Brown University wrote a piece. It's time for uh, a COVID, um, oh, damn it, how did she phrase it? It's time for COVID, yeah. That's right. No, we're not doing the soccer stadium. Guess what? We're not doing it. It's, let me just pull that. Emily Oster. She wrote, and I put this on Facebook. It's time for, oh, pandemic amnesty. That's right. Libraries sometimes used to do amnesty. Okay, you have an overdue book, amnesty. Bring it in, no charge. We just want the book back. She's saying it's time for a pandemic amnesty. All the mistakes that were made, we need to just forgive it. It's true, you know, uh, the Democrat Party, Governor McKee, they're saying it's true. Your loved one died alone in the hospital or in a nursing home. It's true that we thought that if you touch them, you'd spread it. We made a lot of mistakes. We allowed a lot of people to die alone. We made a lot of mistakes putting all these people with COVID together, but it's time for an amnesty. We just need to forget that Governor uh, Raimondo shut down the parks and beaches, even though they were the safest place for people to go. It's time for pandemic amnesty, even though those kids were safer in school, even though the college students shouldn't have been home as long as they were, even though they should have been tougher with the teachers. It's time for pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive all the heavy-handed approach that was made and the fact that even though you couldn't go to a funeral and you couldn't see a loved one as they were dying, you need to forgive people like Governor McKee who made wrong. Disagree. No blanking way. It's like 9-11. Never forget. No way, no how. Kalis, I believe, should come in. All bets are off. New, hey, new game in town. That's what President Trump did. Clean up the swamp. No more of these insider deals. No more of these illegal meetings outside the door of the state house. No more of these insiders getting $5 million contracts from Governor McKee. No more of his chief of staff throwing his weight around trying to get a, a wetlands, something built on wetlands in Cumberland. No, 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 no. Wrong. You bet on the wrong horse. All of McKee's checks would bounce. No, no, no. We're not covering any of them. New day. All those promises he made, he is out of office. All right, folks, we have another full hour to go. And things continue to heat up. The next few days are going to be wild. We will be doing Facebook Live later. You can listen AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Or you can listen online at the website, DePetro.com. We're going to break, get a news update at 1 o'clock. We're going to be back on the other side. The power hours next. You can listen to it, AM 1380, 99.9 FM, or listen online at the website, DePetro.com. WNRI, Woonsocket, W260DC. WNRI.